isn't it amazing that God, in a whole lot of ways, confirms His Word? I mean, have you ever, ever thought of something and you feel like God has impressed something on your heart to have it only being confirmed that day through either circumstance or, or somebody saying something to you or, or maybe in your devotion in the morning, you read something and during the day, somebody will mention the same verse or the same text or something and it's just like that small confirmation in your heart that God was really speaking to you uh, that morning. Have you ever experienced that? How many of you believe that that is not coincidence? That, that doesn't just happen, right? Now, this morning was one of those mornings, okay? I prepared the sermon and I got everything ready, which I believe uh, God wants to share with us. And Yori walks up and Yori opens up the sermon with 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. And you would think that that is a coincidence. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. 16, and he reads it out of the Message Bible, which says, in every circumstance, be cheerful, give glory to God. Now, if you know the, 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 the background story of um, the Thessalonian church, they were going through some very difficult times. They were going through some, some very difficult things. Uh, Paul started the church in Thessalonia, and, and, and they were going through some difficult times. Some, some, some teachers came in and told them, you know, that Jesus already came and he's not coming back again. And, and, and they were going through some, some difficult things. And so uh, um, just, just after that, they were being persecuted. The, the true Christians were being persecuted. 300 years after Paul started the church, the last emperor of Rome walked into Thessalonia and there was a massacre. About 7,000 people, women and children, lost their lives. It's, he just walked in and he, and, and he killed a whole lot of people. So these, this Thessalonian church is going through some hectic times, hectic seasons. And it is in this context that we read, in everything be cheerful. Be happy. And I'm sure, you know, that's where they got the song from. You know, don't worry, be happy. No. So, so it, it wasn't that they were in a good state, good frame of mind, excellent, that, 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 that Paul wrote. That they were in a difficult season. And years later, they still experienced that, but they could go back to the writings of Paul and just renew their minds and their thoughts. Now, the reason I'm so excited about it is because God laid on my heart to speak to you out of 1 Thessalonians 5. Now, that's not a coincidence, is it? Verse 23 and 24. And guess what? Out of the Message Bible. Isn't that, isn't that, just, isn't that just awesome? So I truly believe that what I'm about to share with you in the next 25 minutes or so is a message that I need to hear. It is a meal for me. You get the leftovers. It blessed me, and therefore I know it'll bless you. It's a message that God let on my heart now for over a, a long period of time, but in this week just confirmed it and said to me, this is what I would like you to share. Now, if I've ever sent you an email, on the bottom of my email, 1 Thessalonians 5 is One, two, ah, I'm back. Right, so 
if you, if you ever looked at my email, at the bottom of my email, my signature, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24, it's something that really spoke to my heart um, a few years ago already. And this week felt that this is something that I would like to share on and being confirmed. So let's read it together. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 and 24, out of the Message Bible. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he will do it. Now, think about it. Reading this, 300 years after the church was started, Things are going crazy. Things are going nuts. People are being killed, massacred all over. And, and you, you read this, may God himself, the one who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. It doesn't make sense in the normal circumstance, in the normal run of the mill. With things happening around us, uh, that, that's, that's really things we don't understand, that, that, that this doesn't really make sense to the natural mind. But, but, but if we open up our hearts and let God speak to our spirits, something inside of us happens. And I'm going to try and just dissect these two verses in the next few minutes or so. It starts off by saying, may God himself. Church, I want to say this this morning to you. That if you've ever felt that God is not involved in your life, that God only created you, like wind you up, you know, that one of these toys put you down and left you so that you can run down, you know, and just left you, 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 you don't have a real relationship with him. I want to say this, God wants to be fully involved in your life. God is a personal God. Can you agree? God is a personal God, a personal God that, he says, may God himself no, some sort of angel or, you know, some sort of force or, or whatever. No, may God himself, God himself. Can you imagine God himself, the one who created the heavens and the earth, is involved in your life and wants to be in your life, involved in your life daily, every second, every minute. He wants you to speak to him. He wants to answer you. He wants to be involved with you. He wants to be a father to you. God is a gentleman. He will never force himself on you. But he's, he's there. He's, he's in your presence. He, 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 he wants you to, to be involved with him. He didn't just create you and leave you. He's there. John 14 verse 18 says, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Now, if you've got any idea about the background of John 14, it says this. It says, the Father will send you the Holy Spirit, and we will come and make our homes with you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus says, you are not an orphan. You are not alone. You are not, not without a dad. You are not, you, you are not an orphan. I am your dad, and I will come and live with you. In other words, God himself makes his home in you and me. I want to tell you that. That makes it Christmas every day of the week. Not just on the 25th of December. That makes it Christmas every day of the week. Standing, waking up in the morning, celebrating the fact that Jesus came and he's living inside of me. He's real. 
imaginary friend. You know these imaginary friends that our kids used to have? Dad, say hi to Susan. <laughs> Who the heck? What the, who's Susan? This, Dad, to Dad. Come on, Dad. God is not an imaginary friend. He's real. And if you've ever experienced him talking to you personally, you will know exactly what I'm saying. So Jesus said, I will not leave you. I will be with you forever. So that's the first part. He says, may God himself, God himself live inside of you. Now, he goes further to say, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. Church, this is God's nature. God's nature is to make everything holy and whole. God can only do that because God himself is holy and whole. There's nothing missing and nothing broken in God. Therefore, he can make everything holy and whole. John, what is everything? What would you say? What is everything? Everything is? Come on. It's everything. Everything is everything. God makes everything holy and whole. Your marriage is part of everything. Do you agree? Your marriage is part of everything. God is able to make your marriage holy and whole. May he make everything. He can make everything. Your, your relationship with your children is part of everything. Your relationship with family is part of everything. Listen to this. Your emotional and mental state is part of everything. God can make everything holy and whole. The biggest struggle you have within yourself, God is able to make that holy. Your addiction. God can restore and make that holy and whole. Your physical body is part of everything. If you experience some brokenness in your physical body this morning, God can make that holy and whole. Now, if you grew up in church like me, um, you hear these words holy quite a lot. And you hear wholeness quite a lot. But, but what does it mean? What does it mean if he says that God is able to make you holy and whole? Now, when I grew up, uh, the generation just before me, right, they told them they're not allowed to wear jeans in church. And the reason they are not allowed to wear jeans in church, because it's not holy. W women weren't allowed to wear makeup. Why? Because it's not holy. I remember a time where, ladies, you guys had to wear hats. J.C. Lee, can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. If you didn't wear a hat, you weren't holy. There was a time that the pastor in the generation before me, he had to leave playing rugby because that wasn't holy. Can you imagine telling a South African he's not allowed to play rugby? It's, it's just insane. It's like telling a farmer he's not allowed to barbecue because he's not holy. It, it just doesn't make sense. 
right? And so this was, this was the generation just before me and, and still part of our growing up. You know, the, we, we grew up with, with all this stuff. And so it led me to the question, but what is holiness? What is holiness then? Because if it's not makeup, if it's not jeans, if it's not playing rugby, what is this holiness that, that, that God is speaking about? And, and I found that holiness is getting close to Jesus. The person of Jesus. The, 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 we, we Webster's Dictionary describes it like this. It says, in this way, Hebrew word holy comes from the uh, root word kadesh, which means to be set apart for a specific purpose. Now listen to this. If God says, I make everything holy and whole, what he's actually saying is I'm restoring all the stuff in your life back to its purpose. I've got the ability to set it apart and give it a specific purpose. Now church, I want to say this to you, that excites me. That excites me that if it comes to a place where I miss the mark, where I sin and I miss the mark, God says, I am capable of putting you aside and bring you back to your original purpose. Set you aside. So I want to say this to you. If you ever felt or ever feel this morning, even today, in your marriage or with your children or, or addictions or whatever it is, you're, you, you've missed the mark and you're missing the mark, I want to declare this over your life. You're in the best place that you can be. God is able to restore it back to its specific purpose. God can. That's holiness. What is wholeness? You see, the, the NIV in that verse talks about this. He says this. It says, the God of peace, the God of shalom. In, 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 in our English, English language, we, we use the word peace, and, and it's so shallow, feels like, peace. But in the Hebrew language, I'm sure you know this, when it talks about shalom, what they're actually saying is not just peace, you know, like we smile at each other and or, you know, there's no fighting or, that's not what it says. When a, when, when a Jew greets you with, with, with these words and saying shalom, what he's actually saying to you is, may God be with you fully and that you will have nothing missing, nothing broken, completeness, wholeness in him. That's amazing. So when he says here, he says, the, the, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, what he's actually saying is wholeness, nothing missing and nothing broken. Listen to this. The strong says this. It says, to be safe, to be sound, to be healthy, perfect, complete. It signifies a sense of well-being and harmony, both within and without. Man, I don't know about you, but I struggle sometimes with the peace within. I sometimes struggle because things happen outside, and then it has an effect on me on the inside. And when it happens to me on the inside, things just get in turmoil. It just gets upside down, and, you know, the fighting starts. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what, what, what I'm talking about when I'm saying you're fighting people in your mind while you're driving in the car? 
Luckily, I'm on the pulpit. I can't say what I'm saying in the car. And, and, and you've got this continual thing going on. Now, now it says this. It says, may the God who makes everything holy and whole make you holy and whole. May, may, may shalom be part of your life. Completeness, wholeness, peace, health, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, fullness, rest, harmony. The absence, listen to this, of agitation or discord. A state of calm within anxiety and stress. So when everything is going crazy out on the outside, to have calmness and peace on the inside. Now look at me and you think, is that even possible? Well, my Bible says that may God himself the God who makes everything holy and whole, may he do this for you. May he do this for you. That is God's purpose for you and everything around you. Make you holy and whole. Does that mean he's gonna fix everything outside of this world and, and make it as plain sailing? No, he says, no, 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 wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Although things are going crazy on the outside, on the inside, you can have peace. It doesn't stop there. It says, and put you together, spirit, soul, and body. This God, God himself, who's busy within you, who's, who's working within you, making everything holy and whole, may he put you together, spirit, soul, and body. That sounds really strange. He wants to put you together. Sometimes we get out of balance. Do you agree? Sometimes things are, some things are more important than, than other things. Every part of you is important to God. Look at the person next to you and say, every part of you. Come on, your kids as well. Say, every part of you. Yes, is important to God. Every single part of you is important to God. To God. God is not just interested in your spirit. Your spirit is most important. But listen to what he says. He says, may, may he put you together uh, spirit, soul, and body. How do I, how, how does it work that, 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 that God works in my spirit and puts me together? I want to say this to you. You have to spend time with him. You have to come to a place where you, where you spend time with him. But also, your, your soul is important to God. Your will, your intellect, your emotions are important to God. What you're experiencing, what you are going through. Last week, I had to say goodbye to my mom and stepdad on the, on, on, at the airport and you know, I greeted them, and, and it, it, was, it was tough, but, you know, said goodbye to them, and they back to South Africa, and, and, and if you know what's happening there, you know, it almost feels like, man, I, I just want to keep you here. I, I don't want you to go back. I want you to stay, right? And so they left, and, and it was okay. They left on the Wednesday, and on the, uh, the, 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 the Friday, uh, my brother left, and I haven't seen him in, in eight years, so 
I uh, went to the airport with him. I, I went alone. And, um, and we're standing in the queue and we're chatting and, and it's, it's just a great time. And when he came now to say goodbye, I said to him, I said, look, what do you want to do? Do you want to go for a coffee or do you want to say goodbye? Because him and I, we are quite the same with that, right? We, we, we hate goodbyes and we hate airports, right? So, and he looked at me and he said, nah, just say goodbye now. I said, yeah, let's do that, you know. And I shook his hand and as I hugged him, I couldn't control it. I just started weeping and crying and, and I'm shaking like this. Hey, I'm shaking and I'm holding my boot and I'm, and I'm shaking and I'm thinking, what the heck is going on with me? Don't get a grip on yourself. People are gonna think you're nuts. And I'm just holding on, I'm crying and, I'm, and I can't control what's happening on the inside. Have you ever experienced that? Honestly, it's, it was pretty weird. Right? And so, so I'm hanging and I'm crying and I'm crying and I'm crying. And, and he can't leave me. And honestly, I can't let go. It's as if my arms are locked. <laughs> Come on. And at one stage, you know, I'm, and I'm breathing and he's breathing and, and tears are running down my face. And he says to me, he says, maybe we should go for a coffee. <laughs> I said, there's no way, man. I can't do this again. I said, there's no way. Get on that plane. Get out of here. I'm walking. And I literally, I turned around and I just walked. I couldn't. I couldn't stay there. I couldn't, I couldn't go through it again. And it made me think that my spirit is strong. My spirit experiences God. My spirit experiences the love of Jesus. But my emotions at that stage is totally broken. And how do I express that if I only see God as interested in my spirit? Will he understand my emotions? Will he understand what I'm going through? And so it was amazing when I, when I walked out of that, that, that airport and people of our church still got me there. You know, they saw me and, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I they must have thought, man. <laughs> and you can see so, suddenly, they're not used to this, right? So, all right, good. See you later, man. Catch <laughs> But as I was walking out of that airport, this verse snapped into being in my spirit. The God who makes everything holy and whole. May he put you back together, together again, spirit, soul, and body. And my soul, my emotions, it was just all over the place. And, and, and it was broken. And, and I could give that to God and say, God, put me together, man. <laughs> Please help me. And I could sense God not just interested in my spirit, but interested in my emotions, interested in what I'm going through. And I want to say this to you. That's what God wants to do. He wants to put you back together. Church, your body is important to God. Hear me. Your body is important to God. Look after it. Amen. That two minutes of getting your heart rate up by maybe jogging up the stairs instead of taking the elevator or stuff like that, that helps. God is interested in your body. Look after it. You only have one. 
Does that make sense? I'm not going to go into that this morning because of time. The next part of this verse says this. So may he put you together back spirit, soul, and body. The next part says, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. Hear me out. This life is not a sprint. This life is a marathon. And you've got to approach it differently than a sprint. I've been a sprinter. Sprint, you get up there, you go 100% for 100 meters or 110 meter hurdles, or maybe 200 meter hurdles, you just give it everything, but believe me, you're done, you're spent. When you get, to, when you get to the end, you just, you can barely breathe, you fall down on your face, you're flat, <laughs> you're done. Paul comes and he writes to the Thessalonians and he says this, he says this, he says, may he keep you fit. Not burned out, not tired, not busted up, not, oh, I barely made a thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me. Paul says, no, 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 no. This God of whose holiness and, and wholeness, this God who puts everything back together again, may he keep you fit. May you, may, may, may you be fit in this race. May you be fit until the day that Jesus comes. Because your, your, your spirit, your soul, and your body has been put together again, and, and, and he's involved, and may he keep you fit. That when you feel like things are falling apart, that you'll be fit. What's the most important thing in this? Last week, Peter talked about why Jesus went aside and prayed. Church, I, I want to say this to you. That's very important. Stay fit. Until what? Until Jesus comes. So, in closing this morning, Jesus is coming back. If that doesn't excite you, I promise you nothing will. If, if it doesn't excite you that Jesus is coming back, none of, no, nothing in this world will excite you. You'll get happy when you buy that new car or get that present for Christmas or spend family for, you know, with a week or two or whatever. There will be happiness, but there won't be any joy. Because joy only comes from Him. In the fact that knowing that this isn't it. I'm fit I'm walking this race, I'm doing what I have to do, but Jesus is coming back. May that inspire you. In a few days, in a week or so, we celebrate the fact that Jesus came in Christmas. Man, I'm looking forward to that day when Jesus is coming back. For us, someone said to me while I was in college and while we studied, he said this, he said, show me your expectancy for Jesus to come back and I will show you your relationship with Jesus. And I thought about it. And I thought, you know, in our sermons and what we do sometimes, we talk a lot about how to make it here, how to survive here and just be okay here. But to know that Jesus is coming back 
is the end goal of every believer. In closing, the one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he will do it. I want to say this to you this morning. You have been called. You have a purpose. And the one who called you is dependable. Jesus is dependable. You can trust him. You can trust him. Don't ever forget it. You have a calling to fulfill. There's a calling on your life to fulfill. Our young kids that's sitting in front, maybe in these rows or whatever, you might think to yourself, but I don't know what the calling is. Well, firstly, obey your mother and your father. Let's go there. Let's start there. What do you say? Hey, maybe that's a good, good place to start. And they'll teach you and they'll guide you into the call of God on your life. Be open to hear what it is that he's saying. You have been called by the one who is completely dependable. God cannot lie. Do you know that? God cannot lie. Do you know why God cannot lie? Just think about this, all right? Just, just, just think about it. If you look at this wall, and without the light on it, you look at this wall and you see a black wall, right? You look at it and you see that wall is black. Now, let's say God and I have a discussion and I say, God, that wall is black. And God says, no, that wall is white. I would look at it and say, no, 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 that, that's not, that, that wall becomes what God says it is. Did you get that? So if I look at that and I, you see this, there it's white. You guys are amazing up there. Man, let me tell you, you guys, <laughs> let's give them a hand. I mean, they are just really awesome, man. You guys are, you, you got me, right? So, so if I look at that and I say it's black and God looks at the same thing, the same thing that I'm looking at, and God says something different to that than what I'm saying to it, it becomes what God says about it. God can look at this brokenness that I'm looking into and God is saying it is whole and it becomes what God says about it. Therefore, God cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. Because everything God says is true and happens. He cannot lie. It is impossible. Because whatever he says happens. Look at that. You guys, man, pretty awesome. If he said it, he will do it. If God said it, he will do it. So my message to you this morning, my encouragement to you this morning is this. And I'm pretty sure that God wanted me to share this message. In every circumstance, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole and put you together Spirit, soul, and body. And may he keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. Because the one who said it, and the one who called you, is completely dependable. If he said it, 
he'll do it. Can you close your eyes for a second? I would like to pray for you this morning. And I think in many ways is this a very general um, call to prayer, altar call, if you would like to call it that. But I also believe it's very specific. All of us in some way, shape or form, experience some, some brokenness in our lives. Some emotional hurt, maybe physical hurt. Some of us experience in some shape or form something in our lives maybe that, that we cannot contend with, we, 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 we struggle. So this is a general call to prayer. But then there's also some people here this morning that specifically felt when I talked about certain things that God was really speaking to you. God was really putting his finger on something. And so I would like to, to pray for you this morning. During this week, like I said, you know, in some senses, it was a wrestle for me as well. It was a, a wrestle with certain things. So, while every eye is closed and while we're in prayer, I would like for you that if you want to be included in this prayer, just to slip up your hand, let it go down again, and I would like to pray for you. Yep, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Everywhere hands go up, thank you, thank you. You know what that says? It says that we are broken people in need of a whole God that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So may I ask the whole congregation to stand with me, if that's okay. The chorus of this last song we, say, we sang said, and all the earth will shout your praise, even if we don't feel like it. But I want to pray for you this morning. Church, I believe, I believe that God is able to touch you this morning and bring wholeness to your brokenness. So just where you are, don't you just want to in faith say, Lord Jesus, speak to me this morning, touch me while we pray. Father, I just want to thank you this morning that I can bring each and every person to you that experience some emotional brokenness, some, maybe some physical brokenness, maybe a, a distance in their spirit where they feel like distant from you. 
May the God who makes everything holy and whole make you in Jesus' name. May He make you holy and whole. And may He, God Himself, put you back together again, spirit, soul, and body. May God Himself, the one who is able to do everything, may He put you together again, spirit, soul, and body. May you run this race fit until Jesus comes. I speak that over your life this morning. I speak that over your, your, your circumstances. I speak that over your spirit. I speak it over your body. I speak it over your soul. That God Himself will put you back together again. Spirit, soul, and body. May He keep you fit until Jesus comes. For the one who called you, He is dependable. If He said it, He will do it. In Jesus' name. Father, we want to thank You for it. We thank You that You can take You on Your Word. We can take You on Your truth. Stand on that Word, Father. In Jesus' name.